just after 1 o'clock Eastern time on a Tuesday, David Glenn Show, hour number two. David gone, Stan and Steve Shutt here along with producer Darren Vaught as we work our way toward the 3 o'clock hour. We've been talking a lot about the uh, football opener with Wake and Utah State on Friday night, August 30th, where there's the football, F-U-T-B-O-L opener on August the 30th as well on the Wake campus. Wake soccer against a really good uh, UCF team. And we're pleased to have with us the head coach of the Deeks, Bobby Muse. That's with two U's and two S's. Coach Muse, how you doing? I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, we're doing great. Thanks for being with us here for a little bit to uh, talk Wake soccer. Uh, let's jump right into it. I mean, you guys are ranked, what, I think uh, in the first poll, fourth in the country, which is better than anybody else in the ACC. But UCF comes in here number 15 in the country, and just like the Deeks and Utah State in the college football opener, your opener is going to be a tough one, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's. Uh, I thought UCF uh, obviously come off a great season. Uh, I think they returned 10 of their 11 starters from a year ago, two players on the Herman Trophy watch list. Um, and obviously it's, it's, there's a lot of unknowns when you have new teams. And obviously theirs is a, a lot less new than ours. Uh, we got a new team, new leadership, new players. And uh, so it's definitely going to be a, a huge challenge for us. Yeah, let's talk about your team a little bit, Bobby. I mean, obviously every team is is uh, different. You enter year five of the program now, and as you and I chatted uh, a few weeks ago, and by the way, if if you want to listen to, to Coach Muse for about 45, 50 minutes, you can download the uh, Wake Forest podcast, Lunch with Stan, and Coach Muse was uh, uh, with us uh, a few weeks back. By the way, Coach, you were wildly popular. Tons of downloads, and I'm not I'm not being facetious. I'm, I'm being very serious. Lots of folks interested in the Deeks right now. But you and I talked about your ACC record in four years in arguably the maybe it's not arguable the toughest soccer league in the country. You're 25, two and five uh, coming in, ranked fourth in the country. But it's a new year, right? A new team and and new hurdles to overcome. Yeah, no, it's um, we we definitely we've been very fortunate and uh, humbled by the run that we've been on. Uh, obviously, we all like to con- it to continue, but a lot of luck goes with it. Uh, obviously, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of good players that have played here and move on based off of you know taking the next step in their professional career careers or to graduation. And uh, we, with each season becomes new challenges, and uh, we we. we Hey, we're excited about the season. I think is uh, before we get to the ACC play, like you said, we have some tough opponents, but uh, there's no easy one in this conference. Nine teams out of 12 have gone to the NCAA tournament the last two years, and um, out of those nine, I think six of them or seven of them have been seeded in the NCAA tournament, which speaks volumes about the ACC. And, you know, I think it, it speaks volumes to, to the groups that we've had here um, to have that record in this conference. Bobby, you've had some longevity among your coaching staff. You've been together. How has that helped benefit your program? Oh, it's great. Uh, I think with every season, you, you you want to have a feeling you know what's coming around each corner uh, of the season. And obviously, we have a veteran staff. Obviously, Steve Armas being a head coach prior to coming here with me at Wake Forest and Dane being at Wake Forest for uh, for three seasons prior to, to the staff getting here, I think is – um, a wealth of knowledge, but uh, more importantly, experiences of 
of being in the conference and, and understanding what I'm looking for. And I think we all balance each other really, really well. Coach, as you bring in new uh, recruits and, and obviously to carry over from year to year with returning players, the fact that you've had so much success in the four years, that bar is set really, really high. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you visit all the time with your players about expectations. I know probably they expect a lot of themselves, and I don't know if they feel pressure, but they, they feel, I don't know what the right word is, to continue to be excellent. I mean, you guys are always in the fore of talk uh, among media and other programs about elite schools now in soccer across the country. Can you just discuss a little bit about uh, expectations that that you have of yourself, your staff, your players? Uh, because, I mean, my goodness, what you guys have done in four years is is nearly unbelievable. <laughs> well. There is, there is a, obviously, whenever you put the jersey on for the, the history of this program for many, many years, well before when I was here, uh, and the alumni and the players and the coaches that built this program to what it is today, um, there's a certain expectation of winning, uh, a culture of winning. Um, and obviously, you know, I've been very, very blessed to, to have the opportunity to continue that winning culture, and I think we try to um, explain that to each team. Um, it's ironically enough today is the first day of our preseason in terms of our meetings and more of just going over expectations and the goals uh, and the standards that so many people before us have set for this program. And I told them, I said, everybody wants to beat you. Um, but if we didn't want it that way, we would be somewhere else. And I think is uh, we challenge each team each and every year um, that we want to try to create new history with each season. Um, and that's that's pretty hard to do when there's a lot of soccer history, and, and not just winning, but if it's individual awards or you know team trophies, whatever it may be, um, it's a challenge to each group. And uh, you know, hopefully, we got a room full of guys that are up for that challenge. But um, we'll be extremely meticulous, um, you know, holding each other accountable, uh, them holding me, and me holding them. Uh, accountable because we know what our goals and ambitions are. Is like I always say, there, there, there's every season uh, on this day. Everybody walks into their first preseason meeting and saying, "Our goal is to win a national championship." Every team in the ACC says, "Our goal is to win an ACC championship." Um, I'd say everybody in the ACC has actually a chance of winning a national championship, but not everybody in the country they have a chance in terms of they all start on the same day. Um, but that number dwindles, you know, a few weeks into the season. And I, I feel as if this program, this club, have a, have a legitimate chance of doing that and can, um, achieving that goal each and every year. And uh, it doesn't matter who we've lost, who we have coming in. I don't think those goals are ever going to change. And um, we're, we're going to embrace the challenges ahead. Bobby, we've talked with John Curry and Dave Clawson earlier who both – emphasized the importance and the value of having a great home crowd at a Demon Deacon football game. With Spry Stadium, you have already achieved that, sellout crowds every night. In fact, the soccer experience at Spry has been considered one of the best collegiate experiences in the nation. How has that great environment helped benefit your program? Uh, as you say that, Steve, I got I got goosebumps because there's nothing like going out on a night and and watching uh, the boys compete in front of I think some of the the most knowledgeable and passionate soccer fans and soccer community in America. And I think it's um, 
they'll be the first ones to tell us if we played poorly. Um, you know, and they're the first ones to root us on if we're playing, you know, um, the way I think we, we, we've we've gotten a reputation for playing. But it, it is it's single-handedly, um, I think it draws uh, student-athletes to want to come here and play. I think um, it's uh, it actually draws opponents to want to come here and play. I think that's actually uh, what people probably think is the opposite because it's a difficult place to play. But programs want to bring their teams to specially unique environments you know, um, around the country. When I was at the University of Denver, is I wanted to bring my teams to special college soccer places. Um, and I think that's what uh, a lot of schools want to do right now is to, to give their student-athletes the opportunity to come experience Spry, hopefully on the losing end. But it, it's been, it speaks volumes for, uh, for the success that we've had, you know, and the home record that we've had. But, uh, you know, like uh, it's one thing that I, I certainly don't want people to take for granted either and just, um, you know, expect that Spry is going to be sold out or it's going to be packed each and every day. I think um, – we have to work hard at that as a program, um, as a department, to try to continue to make sure that, um, you know, happens on a, on a regular basis still. And obviously we have a big responsibility to the fans to, to put a good product out there and find ways to win games so they're excited about coming. A couple of minutes with Wake Forest head soccer coach Bobby Muse, whose Deacons uh, open up on Friday night, August the 30th at 6 o'clock uh, at Spry Stadium. Not too long after that, the Deeks will jump into another tough grinding ACC season. Uh, Bobby, just a word or two about the league and we'll, uh, we'll turn you loose. It's going to be another tough year. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, you mentioned the rankings. I think, um, I think we have seven in the top 20. I think there could be nine or 10 in the top 20, 25 come the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, hopefully we're, we're still one of those because we have a difficult start to the season, but um, it's the best soccer conference in the country. Hands down. Obviously I said earlier, we, more teams in the NCAA tournament. We probably strength to schedule wise um, collectively have one of the best strength of schedules. I think we're all um, open to playing anyone in the country, any place, any time. And I think it's uh, that's um, really done well for us from an RPI perspective collectively. Um, but no, there, there's not one easy game in this conference. I think is uh, I've been fortunate. This is my first, uh, we we've gone through the entire cycle. Um, well, it's a four year conference cycle with the Atlantic and the, and the coastal of playing everybody at their place at least once. And we're going on that, that second time around. So at least we, we know the places we're going to, um, but it doesn't make it any easier. It's uh, every game is, 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 you know, every game could be considered a, a deep NCAA tournament and a, a opponent. And like I said, hopefully um, myself, my staff, my players have done a lot enough this summer in preparation and, uh, and we will do enough here in the first month of the season to, to prepare for another grueling ACC schedule. Coach, thanks for your time. As always, we appreciate it. Best of luck against UCF on Friday night, August 30th, and uh, best of luck in the ACC. And somebody's got to hoist a, a championship trophy at the end of the year, and we certainly hope it's Wake. Again, thanks well, for your thank time. Thank you so much for having me, guys. You bet. Bobby Muse, the head coach of the Wake Forest soccer program. You can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Bobby Muse. That's with two U's. Two S's. You can follow the Deeks as well at Wake M Soccer. And no kidding, if you want to hear a, a very long sit down with Coach Muse, uh, download the Wake Podcast Lunch with Stan. I, you know, we were talking about Justin Sternad, Steve. What a great representative he is uh, of Wake Forest, and he is. 
Coach Bobby Muse, I'm not sure how you could get any better. And Wake's got so many great coaches and players. Uh, but Bobby Muse is just uh, another sweetheart. He is just a fantastic human being. And, wow, what a soccer coach. Bobby has uh, has been a great asset to Wake Forest, brings in great kids. Uh, and I think that if he wins the ACC Coach of the Year for a fifth consecutive year this year, I think they named the trophy after him from him. It's unbelievable. I mean, he's won it four straight years. No one has ever done that, ever. And you're right. I mean, just, just name it after him. But uh, great representative. Uh, he's got the Dicks. Uh, man, they are, they are some kind of good on the pitch. So, again, our thanks to him. We're going to take another quick time out. When we come back, we're going to jump Back into Wake football, got another captain, the pride of Advance, North Carolina. Mr. Kate Kearney is on with us next on the David Glenn Show. We're back after this. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Second hour of The David Glenn Show here on a Tuesday afternoon. Keeper of the house on vacation across the pond in the United Kingdom. And it's Wake Forest Day. Stan Cotton and Steve Shutt here being uh, held in check by Darren Vaught. The... uh, very capable producer of the David Glenn Show. Doing a great job of it. Absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't burn the place down yet. There's still a little ways to go. And the, the Curtis Media folks here in Kernersville, we're not actually in a, uh, Raleigh today. We're in Kernersville taking care of us. We've got, we got pizza. we got all kinds of goodies. And uh, we appreciate their hospitality and uh, just kind of holding our hand through the whole process up. Good catching up with uh, with Bobby Muse. Excited to see what the uh, the Wake soccer team can do again this year. And we're going to kind of turn the wheel again and, and focus a little bit more on, on Wake Forest football. We talked with uh, Justin Sternad, one of the Deacon captains, earlier. And we talked about what a great representative of the Deacon program that he is. Not sure you have a better one than Cade Carney, who uh, we caught up with yesterday. He's a senior, finally. I can't believe he's a senior running back from uh, my neck of the woods in Advance, North Carolina. And we, again, caught up with Cade yesterday at the pit where the Deacons uh, eat. Here's, uh, here's Cade from yesterday. Cade, you uh, were the first Wake freshman in 65 years at running back to start your first game on campus. And here we are, uh, here we are your senior year. How quickly did that time go? Yeah, it feels like yesterday. You know, the, the, that was the article being written and the, uh, all the excitement that that brought to me being a freshman who had barely just put together some sense of the playbook and was excited, you know, to play my first game and, and to be going into my last season. You know, it's gone by so fast. It's been such an awesome ride that I've enjoyed so much. And been blessed to be uh, with one coaching staff, with one offensive staff for the most part. Uh, it's just been such an incredible ride, and, and I can't wait to finish this, uh, finish this off the right way this year. You had over 1,000 yards last year, and the last running back to do that wake was Chris Barclay, and he was the ACC Player of the Year almost 15 years ago. How, how much did that mean to you last year to get over that 1,000-yard barrier? Yeah, it was really exciting. Um, you know, that was something that I tried not to pay any attention to, and 
but you can't you can't ignore it when it's right before the bowl game and, and you're pretty close. So afterwards, after the game, when we went back and looked at the stats, it was exciting, but it was a whole lot more exciting to be celebrating in the middle of the field there in Birmingham with everybody holding a trophy uh, than it was to be a thousand-yard rusher. But it is cool to be out there with Chris Barclay, somebody I watched. You know, that was somebody I idolized growing up and, and got to watch him, you know, run around on this field. So it, it was a cool experience, but uh, nothing compared to that Belk Bowl ch- or that, uh, excuse me, the Birmingham Bowl championship. But, you know, t- as a running back, to get to 1,000 yards, you got to have some help, right? Guys up, up there yeah. blocking for I know you felt really good about those men up front. Yeah, sure did. That was a great class we had last year, uh, headed up by Ryan and Phil uh, and Pat Osterhage, uh, whoever else I'm forgetting. But, yeah, I mean, it was, it was such a good group of guys and guys that I trusted, guys that had been there since I was here. So uh, they were the, the people that kind of instilled the offense in me, and then we grew to trust and have such a great relationship. And, and that's, that's what we've been working on building this offseason, and we feel really good about the guys that have, that have stepped up. We'll talk about clocks going quickly. Utah State will be here in a little over two weeks. Uh, your, your take on where your team is right now, still a long way to go in terms of work to get ready for the Aggies, but how do you feel about 2019? I feel great. Uh, I think we got the best depth that we've had. Something that coaches pointed out uh, several times during this camp is how competitive we are. Uh, it's been a little lopsided offensive or defensively in the past. Uh, but it's, you know, practices are very even, and it's, and it's awesome to see because it's high level even. It's not that we're both bad, <laughs> you know, it's that <laughs> we're both making plays. Uh, the defense is, there's been an awesome wide receiver DB matchup all camp, and it's, it's been fun to watch. It's, uh, the, the competition has been brought out, and the, the way that guys have stepped up and the way that the depth uh, has been created is something that we're really excited about, especially with, you know, what the season brings with injuries or this or that, whatever happens. I think that we feel pretty good about where we're at. And, uh, People ask me a lot. Well, what kind of running back is is Cade Carney? And, and I, I tell him he's kind of a, a fullback in a, in a tailback kind of a setting. I mean, you, you've got the the strength and the, maybe the mindset to just run over people. Yet you've got good outside speed. Your feet are quick. How would you describe yourself and <laughs> the uh, the talents that you have? Well, yeah, I think uh, and something that I also take pride in is that I don't just see myself as a running back. I, I think I'm a I'm a football player. So. Again, I'm, a, I'm a, a bigger guy. I'm a downhill guy. Obviously, I enjoy contact to a certain extent, but I take pride in the way I play special teams. I take pride in the way that, that I'm coached, uh, however that is. So I'm a downhill runner, but but I just like to play the game. I like to help the team. Um, and, and I don't know if I'd say I'm a fullback because I, I feel like I'm a little bit more elusive than that. But, um, again, I, I like to – obviously, I like the contact and I like to run downhill. Hopefully this year I'll be able to put on display a little bit more of an elusive style of running and, and be able to uh, work my way in the perimeter a little bit better. Spending a few minutes with Wake Forest senior running back Cade Carney. And, you know, Cade, last year you were part of history, three consecutive bowl games, three bowl wins in a row, first time ever at Wake, a chance now to do four, obviously. Obviously, uh, as you look ahead, as this team looks ahead to the potential that 2019 holds, what do you think about all of that? Yeah, uh, I think it's cool that I've been able to be a part of this. I think, like I said, I came in at a great time. I haven't uh, known anything other than going and enjoying Christmas at some you know, amazing bowl site. Uh, that being said, that's the expectation. Um, we're not... We're not um, taking it for granted that that's going to be something that happens, but we expect that to happen this year. We expect to continue to build off of those three bowl wins and, and now to be competing for uh, bigger wins, the premier bowls, and uh, be playing for an ACC championship ultimately. You're here at the pit that has fed Wake students and athletes for eons. What, what's your uh, what's your go-to meal 
here at the pit. Oh, well, a day like today, we got the scrimmage coming up. I'll be in the pasta line. That's, that's, it seems like it's a big hit. The line gets long, and, and any time you come in, you're going to be waiting for a minute, but that pasta's worth it. <laughs> Best of luck in 2019. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. It's Wake Senior Captain Cade Kearney. What a great kid, great guy to have uh, in the locker room. And, and I, I, uh, I look for him to have a really good year. He's got to stay on the field, obviously, Steve. But, uh, you know, he takes – you know, maybe the understatement of, of the day today, I like contact, he said. Uh, and he, he would just as soon run over you as anything. And, and sometimes that gets you, though, that the pounding that he delivers and also takes uh, sometimes gets you on the bench a little while. I was nominating Cade for the Danny Werfel Award, which goes to a college football player who not only excels in the classroom and on the field, but in community service. And Cade is a board member for Santa's Helper. He takes uh, part in a lot of community service activities. As part of the nomination process, they wanted a video of Cade in action. The ACC Digital Network put together an 11-minute video of Cade's highlights from last year. It was just him running over one person over the next, over the next. And I sat there and watched the whole thing and thought, wow, I'm really looking forward to watching Kay do this again this fall. You know, when I was uh, looking at some numbers from him, we talked about last year had 1,005 yards, and it, it really surprised me that he was the first in, what, 15 years since uh, Chris, the great Chris Barclay, and that, that surprised me a little because Wake's you know, had a pretty good running game for a long, long time, but – you know, a thousand yards, and he he gave a lot of credit to uh, the offensive lineman, one of whom uh, Ryan Anderson. We'll talk with in a little bit, who's now with the New York Jets. Uh, but you know, that's you go all the way back to to uh, Chris Barclay, which had a lot of really talented running backs between Barclay and Kate Carney. Think of guys like Josh Harris, sure. Josh Adams, Brandon Pendergrass, Micah Andrews, um, Kenny Moore. Spent some time as a running back. Uh, there have been some very, very good backs. Cade's the first one in, in almost 15 years to have gotten that 1,000-yard mark. And just just uh, above that at 1,005 last year, elected captain again on this Wake Forest team for the second year in a row, as I mentioned, just a really good locker room, good family, uh, and, and again, comes from uh, Advanced North Carolina, where I happen to uh, live, and I stopped by on the way in today. I won't mention the name, not a sponsor of the program, but uh, a little uh, eatery there in advance with a red tin roof. And uh, they 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 talking some Cade Carney, uh, looking forward to uh, uh, not only his uh, exploits in 2019, but uh, those of his teammates as well. Uh, senior uh, running back, captain for the Deeks, Cade Carney. All right, uh, we're rolling right along here, bottom of the hour here in hour number two. On the David Glenn Show, Stan Cotton, Steve Shutt, uh, sitting in for the vacationing. David Glenn, we're going to take a quick timeout. And when we come back, we're going to go into the New York Jets training camp and talk with former Deacon Ryan Anderson. That is next as you listen to the David Glenn Show on this Tuesday. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. Well, I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? Was, it was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Oh, man. Who gets credit for the liner music? Darren. Outstanding. That's all me. 
Darren, how do you come up with this stuff? Is just how you feel? I mean, is that... Yeah, I've got a I've got a collection of a lot of music, and my my tastes vary pretty widely. Um, so no, it's mood based a lot of the time. And we love it. We love it. Thanks for uh, holding our hands here today. It's uh, heck. What time is it? Hey, already one thirty-three. We're halfway home here on Wake Forest Day on the David Glenn Show coming up tomorrow. The guys from ECU will uh, be in to. Uh, take things over and carry the baton. You know, we, we've we've mentioned the name a couple of times already of former Deacon Ryan Anderson. Cade Carney just mentioned him. And you talk about a stud now. Ryan Anderson, the last part of his career, was a mainstay on the offensive front for the Demon Deeks. And he is now a New York Jet trying to earn him a job in the National Football League. And we caught up with him just a little bit ago. All right, Ryan, thanks for uh, spending a couple of uh, minutes with me and Steve. I know you're... Uh, your window's probably a little tight, but how is it, big fella? How's life in the National Football League? Yeah, it's good. It's uh, a lot <laughs> different. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We miss you, man. I mean, we're right in the middle of Wake Forest's <laughs> fall camp, and you were just kind of, you know, uh, the sun would come up, and then there was Ryan Anderson. You know, it's just like every day. That's what happened. Now you're not you're not around. Yeah, it, uh, especially with, with coming early in January of 2014, and then, Staying there, red shirt, and being there the whole time, it was. I went from like 18 to 23 or uh, 24 <laughs> by the time I graduated. It's crazy how much time I spent that week. But uh, the NFL was. Uh, it's a lot different than it was in college. Uh, it's still football though, and uh, I just I love it so far. Well, let's let's talk about it though. I mean, it, it's it's obviously a, a different level. You're you're fighting for a job. Uh, with with mm-hmm. a lot of other very talented players, and I mean they're they're trying to beat you out, and you're trying to beat them out, just like in college. But it's a vocation; it's your job. So let's talk through that a little bit, and the differences between Wake's fall camp and what the Deeks are experiencing now as college players compared to what you and Greg Dorch and others are going through right now. Yeah, I mean, right now it's um, as far as like the size of the teams and everything, it's relatively similar in that like all the teams right now are with a 90-man roster. So, you know, you haven't gotten that. I haven't gotten. You don't get that weird feeling of like, wait a minute, there's only like seven of us in here Uh, because there's still 15 uh, O-linemen in the O-line room, which is like pretty similar to college. But you know, after the preseason rolls around, the, the final cuts are. 1,100 guys get cut the same day. Uh, so it's it's going to be way different um, when that rolls around. I mean, I can't imagine being in a meeting room preparing for a game with only six other O-linemen, but that's how it, uh, that's how it is in the NFL. And it's, it's uh, you know, if you don't win the starting job and you aren't a key backup, it's not like in college that you can sit for a year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're not on the team anymore. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's really high pressure, but uh, I love I love the, the high pressure of it. How are you physically? And when you line up and and look to the guy to your left, look to the guy to your right, or maybe look to the guy across from the line of scrimmage from you, how how big do you feel now? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely it's everyone's kind of still the same size. You know, like everyone, there's still uh, there's a couple more of the like 350 pounds, just absolute freaks. But most of the guys are somewhere in the 300 to 320 range. But 
the biggest difference is just how good everybody is um, and how athletic everybody is. Um, you know, in college, in my last year, there, I thought I was playing against some some really good D linemen. Um, you know, guys that went in the first round and everything. And you know, everybody in the NFL is is better. Uh, there, everyone's very old. If you do anything in your stance, pre-snap, all the D linemen see it immediately. You know, everybody's so smart in the NFL, and it's just the game really just goes to a, diff- a different level. Ryan, you're up there training with the Jets, and part of the Beef Boys are still back here in Winston-Salem. Are you able to stay in touch with them and stay updated on what's going on in training camp this year? Uh, I haven't talked to any of them in the last uh, probably two weeks or so, but I got to catch up with them at uh, Camp Serenade's wedding. We were all uh, down in uh, Charlotte for that and was catching up with Justin and Nate and Jake and um, seeing how this year is going to go for them. I think they're definitely going to be the O-line this year will, will still be a strength of the team. I just I really want to see uh, Jake and Nate just take their game to the next level and really just become elite ACC offensive linemen this year. You know, I think Justin has been he's been there for six years. He better be an elite ACC O-lineman <laughs> this year. Uh, I'm really looking for uh, uh, Jake and Nate to really take their game to the next level, and I, I know they are. They, they work, they're both really hard workers. And, yeah, they, they're going to take over that O-line room this year. One of the things that Coach Clawson has talked a lot about here in preseason is they've revamped a preseason camp, and instead of trying to break players in right from the start and going through long uh, practices, they're gradually building up their workload. So the first week of camp hasn't been as intensely difficult as it may have been in the past. You wish you would have been a part of this uh, new regime uh, of, of running training camp? <laughs> You know, uh, it doesn't matter how light or how hard you go. I think training camp is, is training camp, especially in college. Uh, you know, that's one of the huge differences in the, in the NFL is you have these preseason games. So training camp gets really broken up, and and we're always installing new stuff. And, you know, I'm not a fifth-year player like I was in college. And, and none of it, it – it can get a little redundant running A-gap zone and camp for the 10,000th time in college. But – uh, it it's I wish I had that, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's it's part of it. You uh, have got next exhibition game down in Atlanta, just a few hours from your hometown of Raleigh. Do you expect uh, to have to ask for extra tickets for that game? <laughs> uh, no, the preseason games don't go. Uh, Tickets aren't expensive, so nah, I'm not too worried about My family's going to come down. They can get like a $10 ticket. Ryan, you've got uh, your, your college uh, playing days behind you, and we're spending a couple of minutes with former Deacon lineman Ryan Anderson, now a New York Jet. Uh, wh- what, do you have, what do you take away from your college experience, uh, Ryan, specifically from Coach Kloss and his staff, you know, the, the Wake Forest environment, the type of – of support you had there. What do you take away from that as you apply it now to uh, life at the next level and life beyond football even? Yeah, uh, I think one of the best parts with Coach Gosson, um and, you know, Coach R and Coach Tabaka and everyone on uh, the staff really just did a really good job, especially towards the end of, of letting players take ownership of the program. And, you know, with that, um, 
you learn the big picture stuff. Uh, like if, especially offensively, like when on the O line, you know, if we were just running a simple play, like I could just memorize what the center was doing on that play. But you know, when you really take ownership of of your position group and your side of the ball, you learn the big picture of why everything's going on. And when you learn the why of it, you're able to make those in-game adjustments on the fly without having to run over to the sideline and be like, hey, we got a look we never saw before. Uh, what do we do? Because you understand why you're doing everything, so you're able to make adjustments to something you've never seen before. And that's that's huge, and that's a lot of what the NFL is. Um, you know, you, uh, learning how to learn an offense um, from Coach R and Coach Back and Clawson has helped me tremendously in the NFL with trying to learn um, playbooks because – on my second playbook now, and hopefully I don't have to learn a third one, but uh, they uh, it, it's helped me out tremendously with that. Well, Ryan, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for your time today. Best of luck uh, throughout uh, camp. Certainly hope you make uh, the roster and, and uh, you have, you've got a long and fruitful career in the NFL. We're going to have to adjust ourselves to not having you around, so uh, – We'll, we'll do that uh, as you adjust to the league. So, again, thanks for your time today. Best of luck. Yeah, thank you. Hope you, uh, Dan, Steve, hope you guys both have a good day. And uh, go deep. We'll talk to you guys later. Ryan Anderson started his last 42 games as a team. I mean, you just, again, as I said to start, you just expected Ryan to be there, and you kind of look for him now, and he's not there. And, and uh, Jets would be good if they – could hang on to him. Good guy. I really want Ryan to make the Jets. Yeah. You figure, you know, as he said, 18 to 23, those five years blew past him at Wake Forest. He has been playing football his whole life. And that transition when all of a sudden you're told you can't play the game anymore is not an easy one. So I hope that Ryan continues to get to play that game as long as he can. Yeah, I agree. He's a good one. All right, a quick timeout. When we come back, we're looking forward to our conversations with uh, Les Johns of the Demon Deacon Digest. That'll be a lot of fun. Les is next on the David Glenn Show. Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene, and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when people say, oh, stick to sports. Who passed that law? You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Rounding turn four and heading for home. Hour number two of The David Glenn Show on a Tuesday afternoon. It's Wake Forest Day today. And nobody covers Wake Forest quite like our buddy Les Johns of Demon Deacon Digest who joins us now. Les, how are we doing today? Doing fantastic, Stan. How, how's it going there so far? Well, we haven't burned the building down yet, so <laughs> that's good, right? That's a good start. <laughs> hey, and and having seen your t- tweet last, we're now moving into the a lot more segment of the show. <laughs> well, you do get uh, more with less, so <laughs> that's true. Now it's good <laughs> to see you last night at BB&T Field at the. Uh, the football scrimmage. I mean, things uh, progressing right along in fall camp. You've been there every day. Uh, what's your take so far? I mean, the Deeks are coming off back-to-back, uh, you know, like, uh, program best years in offensive production. 
Um, and with the, uh, a pair of experienced quarterbacks coming back that are fighting for that top job, I see little reason for them to uh, take their foot off the gas. I believe they're going to put a lot of points up on the board this season. And uh, defensively, there should be a, a ton of improvement. So I, I think their uh, fall camp is starting to show that they're putting the pieces together and, and had the makings of a, of a really good campaign ahead. Like I said, you've been there uh, every day. I mean, when you and, – and you do a lot of reporting and work on high school kids before they become deacons, and then obviously uh, you, you've gotten to know them and, and you're following them maybe with – a little bit of a closer look than some might as you look at fall camp now less and you look at specifically the freshmen, the first year kids, what do you see? Who, who do you, whom do you like? Well, it's hard not to talk about uh, Kenneth Walker first, uh, running back from Memphis, the Memphis area. He was a late commit for the Deeks, you know, right before signing day last year. In fact, when he was, when he committed to Wake Forest, uh, being from the Memphis area, the Deeks were preparing to face Memphis in the Birmingham Bowl, which I just thought was kind of funny at the time. But uh, he's having a terrific camp and is really uh, – I talked to Coach John Hunter, the running backs coach for Wake Forest, just a couple of days ago, and he was raving about how much time Kenneth spends in the film room and that you know he's just really, really working on his craft and it's showing on the field. He had 80, 84 yards rushing yesterday, but then he also caught a shuffle pass, a shovel pass from Sam Hartman for another 33 yards. That if that had been ruled a run, obviously he would have he would have got over 100 yards rushing, which basically it was a rushing play. Um, but he's looking really good, very patient, looks for the gap in the offensive line, hits it, and then is able to adjust and make people miss in space as well, uh, getting to the second and third level of the defense quite often. He's had a great camp, had a great scrimmage last night. And it would be shocking at this point if he if he doesn't see the field. I thought it was interesting that both Kenneth Kenneth Walker and Christian Beale Smith both showed a lot of great moves, very elusive, able to really leave some defenders in their wake last night. That's interesting. You mentioned Christian Beale Smith because in past scrimmages and past spring games, it's kind of been Christian Beale Smith that had his coming out party. In those uh, that atmosphere, he's yet to put it together on the field in the game last season as a freshman. But he, him and Kate Carney will have that one-two punch, much like what we've seen the last two years with Carney and Matt Coburn. And then, of course, you've got Kenneth Walker coming in behind them. It's a great trio of backs. And, and you're right, Cade will kind of like run through you and run on top of you, whereas Bill Smith and Kenneth Walker are going to be those Backs that kind of make people miss in space and, and kind of break out to that second, third level of the defense. It's quite an exciting stable of running backs that each have, assuming they all stay healthy. And I think also on the offensive side, we saw Sage Surratt make a catch last night that was reminiscent of one of the long catches he made against NC State last year in that the ball appears to be up for grabs, but Sage always comes down with it. And I have a lot of confidence when you're going deep and you're going to Sage, Sage is going to make the catch. Sage is quite a specimen. I mean, he, he came to Wake Forest already, you know, the multiple sports star. He's great at basketball and at football, won accolades all across the, the state of North Carolina. But he is really filled out and is, is, is quite a dude on the field. Uh, and it is, like you said, it's going to be hard to, to, to take a ball away from him. And it, and it speaks to the competition level that he faces every day in practice. 
because I saw Isaiah Bassey get a pick against him late in practice a few days ago. But when you've got Bassey going up against Sage Surratt, that's only going to help both those guys get better as they as they square off every day. It's been a fun battle to watch because they go one on one in drills all the time, and that's that's quite a fascinating duo to watch. Talking with Les Johns of Demon Deacon Digest here on the David Glenn Show. You can follow Les on Twitter at Les underscore Johns. Interesting schedule, uh, I think, this season for uh, Wake. Les, wouldn't you agree? You, I mean, we've got the Utah State game. We've been talking a lot about that. The opener on the 30th, single tickets remain. You can uh, check out availability at godeeks.com. But the other big four schools, Duke, State, Carolina, all coming in for the first time in Winston-Salem, ever in the same season in the Carolina games and on ACC games. So uh, a lot of fun to come uh, here in the fall of 2019. Yeah. And I think the schedule lays out well for Wake Forest. I know, I know we were talking about in the press box where one of the, one of the national regional writers are talking that, that the Deeks had a shot, a shot of being eight and one going into the Clemson game uh, in mid November. Uh, that's probably some lofty, you know, aspirations, but at the same time, a lot of those games that you figured the Deeks figured to be competitive in are in the friendly confines of BB&T Field. And having all three of those in-state rivals come to Winston-Salem to play has to be quite uh, fortunate for the Deeks this year and, and historic, as, as, as you folks said. Um, on the other hand, there's a couple of road games that are really intriguing as well as they travel to Virginia Tech and Clemson and Syracuse down the stretch. So starting off uh, fast will, will be crucial for this season. Les, we've got maybe a minute, minute and a half or so, something like that. What are you looking for? I know you're going to be at practice the rest of the way right up until the opener. What are you looking for? What are you going to have your eyes on until uh, the Deeks and the Aggies tee it up? Well, the defensive line is intriguing because you, you see uh, uh, redshirt freshman Ja'Cory Johns kind of assert himself at possibly that drop-in role. Uh, and then also who's going to back up Boogie Basham at the other end for, for the times when, when he takes a break or, or, or is on, on the sidelines. So defensive line is intriguing for me. I mean, of course, everybody's talking about the quarterback battle, and, of course, Clawson's got that, uh, got that decision up on the shelf in a jar, he says, and he's going to open that jar only when he needs to. So uh, so that's going to be raging over the next week and a half, two weeks. And then, of course, the secondary, looking for depth in the secondary, especially the safety position. As uh, Wade graduated, both uh, Cam Glenn and Chucky Wade. But there, there's a bevy of guys competing for that time. So that's what I'll be looking at. All right. Well, we will be uh, watching and uh, reading, and we appreciate your time with us today. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. You guys have a great day. Les Johns of the Demon Deacon Digest. Again, follow him on Twitter at Les underscore Johns. Former Deacon Flash Greg Dortch, now a New York Jet. Is after the top of the Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show.